Hi, this is Nikki Arsordia, production coordinator for The Simpsons, and you're listening to Four Finger Discount. Four Finger Discount, dude. Bonus podcast of Four Finger Discount, Australia's only Simpsons-based podcast. I am Dando. And I am Mitch. Very special one today, isn't it? This is so exciting. This is where we finally, in my eyes, we become a real show. Yes. We're no longer just two guys sitting in a lounge room. We are a proper, genuine podcast. Still in the bedroom, though. Still done in the bedroom, yes. AKA and the tour of the studio. <laughs> and you are wearing tracksuit pants. And look at my new socks because it's my birthday, everybody. Well, it was two days ago. When it we're is. Happy this. birthday to Dando. And Mitch got me a, a Beatles mug. Yep. All you need is love. Now, why, why is this... Let's, we're off track. Why is this episode so important? We're off track so early. Yes. Uh, well, because we have a very, very special guest. Now, we haven't promoted this. We, we will have in the last couple of days, but we've been keeping this one under our hat. In case we screwed it up. Exactly. In case <laughs> something went wrong. In case at the last minute they went, uh, you know what? I've just looked up your page and no, we don't want to do this yeah. or whatever <laughs> might happen. Or I'm sorry, my very important bosses, and there's a clue, yes. said that I might not be able to talk uh, to you guys. But Dando, you're the one that teed this up, so I'm going to let you do the honours of actually explaining who it was that we were talking to. Okay, so her name is Nikki Asordia, and she is the production coordinator of The Simpsons. Like, she is legit working for the show. On the show? Yes. She has made episodes coming up in season 27. Yes. She's been working for the show for apparently about 10 years, I believe. In in the building. Yes, yes. <laughs> in Los Angeles. She knows Matty G. The City of Angels. <laughs> yeah, Matty G. <laughs> do you reckon she's met? She'd have to have met Matt. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like Matt would be a really approachable guy. Like he'd just be friends with all the people that work for the Certainly show. Certainly hope so. Yeah, you'd be a great boss, don't you yeah. reckon? You're, Matt G must be how he signs off his emails. <laughs> Matt G. Matt E G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, but basically, I won't get into how we got in contact. We have a mutual friend. That's enough. To, that's all you need to know. Yeah. But as I said, back in July, four finger discount networks in many circles. Yeah. So basically, she found the page and she was like, "This is the greatest podcast of all time." Yeah. Not, exactly. not just Simpsons podcast of all time. She yeah. said, I, "I need to be on this show." That's not yeah. what happened, but. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her, and when she said yes, my heart raced. When you told me about it, I honestly thought you were lying to me just to try and keep my enthusiasm up for doing the podcast <laughs> in the early days. You, you know, when you, you well, I don't know whether you've sent out feelers, but I've sent out feelers for interviews and just knowing that they're going to say no, but you've got to yeah. ask anyway. Yeah, It's exactly. like going in Tesla later. You know you're not going to win, but you're yeah. still going to buy a ticket. Yeah. You, and she wrote back yes straight away, and I'm thinking, what? What? <laughs> what is happening here? Did she? Did you sign it off like Mark Maron? <laughs> is that how we did this? <laughs> But she said yes, and just the reason this was so good for us is because, like you said, it makes us feel like a legit show now. Yeah. People from the actual Simpsons have now been guests on our show. At the very least, one person who works on the show will have listened to our show (laughs) by the time this is done. And that, for me, that gives me so much joy. Like, um, Nikki, I assume you will be listening to this, and I've already thanked you, but thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. With that, should we get into the interview? Yes. Let's do it. Hey guys, Dando and Mitch here for the Four Finger Discount Podcast, and today we are joined by somebody very important, that is because she's the production coordinator of The Simpsons, she's none other than Nikki Asordia. Nikki, thanks for your time, how are you doing? Good, how are you guys? Always good. Now, it's Saturday afternoon where you are, correct? Yes, yes it is. I'm assuming the job that you have, you, you must be always thinking about the job, you, you wouldn't get much spare time. I see you at Disneyland all the time, but is that is that like your escape from The Simpsons, <laughs> just Disneyland? Um, I do have a bit of a Disneyland problem. Uh, I don't know if it's an escape. It's just fun. Um, it's something I grew up doing, so I, I have a path, and uh, my family and I go there quite often. 
Nice. I suppose going down to uh, yeah. Universal and the studio and the Simpsons sort of area of Universal will be a little bit too close to home. Um, no, I'm actually really excited about that. Um, I've only been on the ride, and um, I guess just recently they opened up the rest of the Springfield. Yep. Um, so I am. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. I've just actually been holding off because they're having our season premiere party this year is going to be held there. So. Oh. I'm going to wait until that moment to kind of check things out with everyone else that I work with. Before we get into things too much, can you mind us telling our listeners just a little bit about what you actually do at The Simpsons? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm a production coordinator, and what we are is kind of uh, a li- liaison between all the departments. So I work at the animation studio, Film Roman, and I work with directors and the artists, our special effects artists, um, CG artists, producers. So what I have to do is kind of manage my episodes. So I manage my crew of character layout artists, background artists, effects artists, and um, keep track of their assignments, uh, different versions of scenes that are being done. And then I also make sure that all of the scenes are moving um, to the different appropriate departments that they need to get to. Sounds like there's a lot of moving parts um, to getting a show together. Yeah, I've, definitely. I've watched the uh, South Park documentary Seven Days to Air, which feels like there's about three or four people that actually build that show. Um, with all of those different yeah. departments that you just mentioned, obviously in the early days a lot of animation was done over in Korea. What's the sort of breakdown now? How much is done in the States and how much, is, if any, is done overseas? Um, we do still ship to Korea, so that's also part of my job is um, kind of keeping us on schedule to ship on time to Korea uh, so they have enough time to get their end done. So we do, what we do at my studio is kind of, I guess, kind of like a map, a model, and the, like, basic posing for each shot and layout. And then our timers will go in on timing sheets and kind of map out all of the in-betweens and blinks and uh, lip assignments and that sort of thing. And we ship to Korea once we're done on our end. And they kind of have all of that instruction to follow. So they do all of the um, in-betweening animation yep, nice. and then send it back to us. Cool. Um, the the biggest thing that I was the most fascinated to ask about when uh, Dando had mentioned that we'd line this up, we did a little bit of research and uh-huh. often looked up your IMDB profile. And oh, okay. as far as your, I don't even know if you knew that you had one, but you are on there. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I actually looked at it recently. Okay. Um, how do you, you, your only animation credit is The Simpsons. Now, to me, that's like, you know, being yeah. drafted out of college and then suddenly you're playing baseball for the Yankees. Like, how how did that happen? How did you end up on the holy grail of, of, of cartoon shows or of animated shows as your only one? I know, it's pretty amazing. I'm really lucky. I call it kind of a happy, really lucky accident. Um, I actually moved to LA to do makeup. And um, through that, I had uh, gotten a makeup job, my first makeup job ever. I had to quit one of the jobs that I was working. So when that makeup job was over, I was looking for a new job, and I got an interview at Film Roman for the receptionist position. Okay. I got hired as a receptionist for the whole production company. And then I did that for about nine months, and I made friends with, you know, (laughs) some of the crew on The Simpsons, and I heard they had a production assistant job, and I applied for it. So... Wow. Magic. That's how the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that whole, you know, the great American dream. You've started in the mailroom and now you've worked your way up. That's brilliant. 
kind of, yeah, yeah, really lucky. And so, um, yeah, I started as a PA in the design department. I've moved up a couple of times, and now I'm coordinator. And I think, uh, let's see, I've been there for ten years now. Is it? Is it still? So, is it? Sorry, is it still about eight months to make an episode, or is that process shortened now because of technology? Um, it has shortened a bit. I think it's about six or seven. Still, I mean, it's still a really long time. But, um, yeah. So in uh, so there's four production assistants, and a season sort of runs what around 22 episodes or so. So is that are the episodes evenly uh-huh. divided up between you guys? Yeah, there's four of us coordinators, so we get um, I get every fourth episode. Are you yourself working on more than one episode at one time? Yeah, um, we do have a bit of a bit of that crossover. So um, actually, right now I do have I only have one episode. Um, I just finished shipping one a couple days ago um, at the end of the week. So, But I did have like a week or two where they crossed over, so it, it can get pretty crazy. And then my next episode um, is in the storyboarding stages right now. So I'll have one that's in a full-blown character layout while one is just in storyboarding phase. That kind of leads yeah. into the next question I was about to ask. Uh, you were lucky enough to sit in at a table read a little while ago from what we understand what's the process in animation as far as are the actors giving a performance to what the storyboards are like or is it more that the animators can sort of build off the back of what the performance is at a table read like is there any given forth between those two um it's that we actually uh we animate to their audio Okay. So um, all of that is really important, um, and we get all of the audio and the acting through that first, yeah. and that's what our animators use. Are there favorite characters to animate off the in that regard, or favorite of the cast? Are there guys that you know you know you're going to get a great performance out of a certain scene from? Um, I don't really personally like that's all done at Fox, so I don't really get to be too much involved in that. Um, I have my favorite characters. Um, and who are they? And I'm sure, like, a lot of... Uh, well, my favorite, uh, Ralph Wiggum is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> were you a fan of the show when you were younger? I was, actually. Um, I actually remember watching the show when it was on Tracy Ullman. Wow. At between commercial breaks. So that's when I first started watching it. Um, and I was, for a really long time, like, watched it religiously. I stopped kind of throughout my teenage years, and now, um, of course, I'm back into it. <laughs> yeah. Do you kind of watch with a different set of eyes now that, you know, w- would you pick up tiny little mistakes if you were watching an episode at home, or are you able to just put it on and enjoy it? Um, I can kind of put put it on and enjoy it. I mean, a little, a little bit, I might, I don't really pick apart, but um, there might be some, you know, um, things that I pay a little more attention to, maybe things that we had a little, like, some difficulties with or uh, more challenging aspects of the show, like uh, CG stuff and that sort of thing. I really like to watch my episodes, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they even change a little bit. <laughs> they change a little bit even after, once I'm done with them and they're shipped to Korea, they come back to our retakes department. So there might even be a couple of little rewrites or changes that I don't actually get to see until it airs. So sometimes there are some things that are still a little bit surprising for me, but um, I always love it. It's yeah. really cool. Nice. It's really, really cool. Yeah. What makes a good Simpsons episode? Like, what are the key things you look for? Um, I mean, I think the script. That's like, you know, the, the foundation. Um, and our artist, all of our artists are amazing. 
So everyone works really hard. Everyone's so talented that I work with. Um, I'm really lucky. I kind of have moments where I step back and kind of really, you know, I have my moments where I'm like, wow, these people are so awesome and like they're my friends, you know. I was going to say, it sounds like it's a job that you must just pinch yourself every day at certain moments that, you know, um, it, I mean, it's it's the yeah. part of LA as well. I mean, um, uh, we understand you had a little bit of a celebrity yeah. encounter at an intersection a little while ago. That was Angelina Jolie that you'd mentioned was in the car behind you. Oh my god, yeah, that was a serious moment for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, LA's awesome. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of I see people every day. I I walked into the kitchen at work um, one day at our studio, and uh, Luke Skywalker, you know, what? Wow. was like the day in the kitchen having coffee. So that was like. Did you uh, a crazy kind of moment? Did you just tell him to use the forks? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like I didn't really know what to say. It was like uh, I was just like, "Wow, um, you know, hi, Luke Skywalker." Awesome. <laughs> you um, called him Luke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of a moment. He was, I think, he was doing a voice for another cartoon that was being made in our studio. But yeah, just that happens a lot. Um, the Angelina Jolie was like a serious moment for me. That was like my biggest. It was really funny the way it happened. They were just at a stoplight behind me. My my sister was kind of, she looked at me and she was like, um, I'm sorry, is this is that Angelina Jolie behind us? <laughs> and I, like, <laughs> I turned around and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that would be Brad Pitt driving the car. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Brad drives his own car. <laughs> I was really excited about him. But first she was like, oh, I love her. Yeah. Now, what what you said that yeah. you're, you're you said you're a fan of the show back in the past. What what past episodes do yeah. you wish that you could have worked on? Oh my god, the one with Michael Jackson. Oh, that oh would, yeah. That have been. I mean, that would have been amazing. Um, I think that's definitely the one that jumped out for me. Like, how cool would that have been? Yeah. Especially if any of the direct. I really, you know what? I'm I'm gonna look up uh, who directed that. I'm gonna have to. I never thought to like ask them about that. Yeah, I thought it would always be a really cool idea to go back and get some of the classic episodes and remake them in HD the way they are now, just as like a one-off special. Yeah, I mean, I, it's so different, right? The way that things look back then and now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of like that. I think they should be left alone. Yeah, That's okay. part of the history and charm of it all, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did the transition into HD impact your workload? Like, were you in the position you are now when they made that transition, or were you still working your way up? Um, oh gosh, let's see. That it was 2009, so. Like I don't think I was a coordinator yet. I think I was still a PA. But, um, it was crazy. It was, it was a little bit rough at times, the transition to, uh, working digital. I know for a lot of, we have so many, like, old school animators who, you know, it was a little difficult for, but, um, I'm really glad I was there to see the paper process of it all. Yeah. And, um. There's a kind of magic to, to that, isn't that. there? It, it, it's so, it was so cool. And, like, just to see, like, all of that work and, like, pretty intense. I had no idea about any of this process, about animation at all before I had this job. And so, you know, I've learned so much and I learn so much still every day, which is one of the main reasons why I love this job so much. Um, so I feel really lucky to have seen that paper process and then act to be there for the whole transition and see it now digital and how the artists draw on these antique computers and they can make a quick time movie of their scene right then and there you know instead of picking up maybe 20 levels of paper and walking <laughs> it to a, a camera station yeah. which is what they used to have to do 
awesome. I also hear that you're um you're an obsessed David Bowie fan to the point that you named your little dog Bowie. Now, what do your colleagues think that the fact that he runs the office? Oh my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's actually sitting right here with me right now. Is he really? Um, <laughs> um, everyone loves her, and she knows she's the queen of the studio. And when I don't have her there, actually, everyone asks for her. People ask for her before they say hi to me in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm walking down the hallway, and the, someone will see me, and, oh, where's Bowie today? I'll be like, I'm, I'm great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're both massive dog lovers as well. Um, my wife is lucky enough to work in a job where she was able to take her Labrador in. Um, but that only awesome. happened once because uh, our lab went to the toilet in her boss's office, of all places, about two and a half hours into the day. Oh, no! <laughs> oh. We know we're running a little bit short on time because you've got things you need to do because you're a busy woman. Before we let you go, though, what, what have been some of your favourite episodes to have worked on? That I've worked on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um... Well, uh, because of, uh, you know, bringing everything back to Bowie, as my life happens to do. Uh, One of my favorites was my first episode that I coordinated, um, directed by Mark Kirkland. And it was the episode where Milhouse and Bart, I I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, You guys might be familiar. Uh, Milhouse and Bart enter the science fair, and they build the robotic seal. Yeah, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of what it's called. I can't think of, I, yeah, I can't think of the name of it. But uh, That's all right. We'll record that in afterwards and make it sound like we're a lot smarter than we are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it actually, at the end, it's when, and the steel attacks, Mr. Glick passes away. Yeah. Um, until they show, like, heaven at the end, and the, uh, David Bowie Golden Years plays. Oh, that nice. was kind of like a... I took that as a sign that I was in the right place. <laughs> yeah. I like that your first episode in, you're killing people off. I know, right? Just laying down the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do things. Before I let you go, I actually just really, I really wanted to ask you this question because I hear it a lot. Does it bother yourself or your work colleagues when you hear people these days say that the show has lost its spark? Um, I'm sure. Well, I mean, I don't. I kind of just ignore those haters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously it hasn't. We're I'm working on season 27 right now, so well, I mean, if it really had truly lost its spark, I don't think we would be on for this long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's you know, I still, I still have a job, so they can just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's I mean like, I'm. I make no secrets of the fact that probably the first um, eight or nine seasons have always been my favourite, but the show's evolved uh, throughout, and I think that's you know that speaks to why it's still so successful. That with where entertainment is at today, yeah. if it was still being made the way it was, you know, twenty years ago, it probably there's every chance it wouldn't be as successful because the audience wouldn't be there for it anymore. Right, I totally agree. Yeah, as much as I need to wrap my head around the fact that I'm in the minority of old-fashioned people that like, <laughs> like I like the sappy stories and those sorts of things, uh, maybe that's part of me just getting older as well. I right, we really appreciate the time. Like, it's just been a pleasure to talk yeah. to you, and um, good luck with the rest of the year in season 27. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, what did you guys think of that interview with Nikki Sordi, a production coordinator of The Simpsons? Yeah, so it's such an interesting job. Like, you just imagine... We barely scratched the surface, but just imagine the amount of the amount of things you would have to juggle in that job. 
it blows my mind. Like I, I'm a man. Multitasking is not my thing, and <laughs> I feel like you know five, six different departments that you have to coordinate to just to get one show to go to where the. And I think that it's probably really easy to forget now that things are digital that there's still so much work involved in getting a Simpsons show up and running. A lot of people, like for example, in regards to movies, they say, "Oh, everything's computer animated now. It's all CGI. It's all done easily. The directors are lazy." It takes a lot of work to computer generate something. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of trust in the director as well. Like, yeah, that's the other thing, that they can tell you what they want, but to then convey that message across and make sure that it comes back the way that the director had originally asked. So much pressure on that role. I love that she started off as the receptionist. Now she's running the shop. I know. <laughs> Have you ever seen... There's a movie that I um, was thinking of in my head called The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. I have not seen it, no. He's like a... I cunt- love him, though. Yeah, he's uh, it's a great... Well, I won't say it's a great movie, but it's a fun <laughs> movie. Um, he's a country boy, moves to New York. He gets a job in the mailroom of this massive company, and he's not getting looked at for a promotion. So, he just starts sneaking into offices and doing work. And before you know it, he takes over the company from the mailroom. It's <laughs> amazing. Like, that's that's what I was thinking of about Nikki. Just, <laughs> she's just, you know... I'm speechless it's because I'm still so excited about the fact I'm buzzing off the back of this yes, interview, to be honest. Yes, that's it. Um, by the way, guys, um, this is going to be like the buffer episode. We're going to review on Treehouse of Horror number one, the very first Treehouse of Horror coming up this week. Super excited for going back to rewatch that. The, which You like The Raven, don't you? See, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of The Raven, but I haven't yeah. gone back and watched it in a long time. I'm going to win you over yeah. on The Raven. We're going to have maybe two or three red wines. I'm just going <laughs> to set the mood a little. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Bad Dreamhouse and um, Hungry Are the Damned. I've laid on the stove <laughs> for days for you people. I love that so much. The sad alien. <laughs> Isn't it their cousin or something? Um, I think so. <laughs> so, once again, Nikki, if you listen to this, we really did appreciate it. Thank you. And we look forward to hopefully talking to you again sometime in the future. Yeah. Or if any of your other friends out there that possibly work for The Simpsons, Harry Shearer, maybe. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Harry, <laughs> Hank. Yeah. Nancy. If they want to be guests on the show, we'll be more than happy to have our doors open. Op- doors are open 24 7 here for Big Discount. Hey, maybe you could even just get them to record a quick promo for us. Like, yes. you know how radio stations all have that, like, hi, this is John Bon Jovi, <laughs> and you're listening to. 97.4 The Pulse in Geelong <laughs> like they just I love how no radio stations they get all these different sound drops like there's stations in Geelong that do I won't name drop the, names, the, the yeah. station's name but it's like hey I'm Katy Perry hey I'm Bon Jovi hey yeah. I'm this and I'm like You've never interviewed these people, but they've just, no. got, just got the name drop of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And they put, and you're listening to K-Rock at yeah. the end. <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah, we, should. <laughs> we should just go through interviews where we find people that just anyone that says their name. And they're like, yeah, like... Hey, um, this is Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> and you and then it comes in with me with, and you're listening to Four Finger Discount. <laughs> Also, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there who may be listening. Yes, it is. Uh, we are recording live on Father's Day today. Yes, I'm about um, to head off to a Father's Day breakfast. It's Sunday morning right now on Father's is. Day. Happy birthday to all the dads, granddads, uh, the soon-to-be dads, um, just the dads. We're dads. We've got fur babies. Yeah, I've got my Labrador who forgot. Ugh. I woke up to no breakfast. He didn't leave you a present on the backyard? No. <laughs> uh, I haven't ventured out to the backyard yet, actually, <laughs> so who knows? But um, I'm just trying to think. Imagine if we got to interview Matt Groening. I don't think I could speak. I think I, I would panic too much. I'd have to take and, over and hang up one. and turn off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was, well, I, was I, ma- I made this joke to you before the interview that um, for the first time in a long time, I felt like I was a 12-year-old 
and I was asking a girl to go to the movies with me, like that thing where your fingers are hovering over the phone, yeah. and you're like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do yeah. it, I can't do it, and then you do it and like really quickly, then you hang up, and then you run around the house in excitement. Yeah. I'm in that run around the house in excitement phase right My problem is, I said this to you off air, is I'm too busy worrying about the technology working. Yep. I'll be doing the interview, and I'm trying to do the interview and make sure that everything's still recording and the mic levels are fine, and it gets to the point sometimes where I sort of drift off and I think, Okay, you could ask a question, Brendan. You got to yeah. listen to what they're saying. This is That's- why I have the easy job. <laughs> I just come in aside, and then I sort of, whenever I see a little bit of fear and panic in your eyes, I know that that's when it's my time to say something. Yes. <laughs> what What would be one question you would ask Matt Groening? Um, that would be a great question. Hmm. <laughs> All right. If I had to ask him any one question. I suppose... Like if, he, if he just walked up to you right now, what, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Okay, I'll go, Matt, you've created The Simpsons and you've created Futurama, surely you owe the world one more of the most brilliant TV shows of all time. How good... Futurama is so underrated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's incredibly underrated. Like, um, you know, it kind of never watched on TV and then was cancelled and then it was through DVD sales that it came back on. But those first few seasons, so, so good and such an intelligent level of humour. Do you know they created three separate alien languages yes. throughout that show? Like, you can translate phenomenal. it. Yeah. Um, we talk about the Simpsons, you know, uh, background jokes and different signs and that sort of thing. They had full-on mathematical proofs in the background. <laughs> stuff that like just flashed up for a second that no one would ever see unless you went through and freeze-framed it. If, if anyone that says they don't like Futurama, all you need to do is show them Jurassic Park. That episode, man. Oh, man. Holy jeebus. You recently did the top 10 feel-good endings of The Simpsons on our, uh, on Torrent. And a lot this. of people said Mother Simpson should have been there. And I'm like, that's not a feel-good ending. because no. he, he, lo- he loses saying, her. Everyone's saying, I know, everyone's saying, why, why isn't that on your list? That should have been number one. Because it's not a feel-good ending. No. I know he gets to see his mum. It's a feel-good episode yeah. until she leaves again. Yeah, and fucking drops him with nothing. Yes, it's not a feel-good ending. Yeah. Really similar, actually. You know, now that I think about it, to the end of Jurassic Park, the yeah. just sitting there, that really long, forlorn camera shot. But my God, Jurassic Park, just ah, uh, that'd be. It. You know what? If I had to ask him anything, Matt, why did you ruin me? Yes, <laughs> why did you ruin me? I with that episode? genuinely cried when I watched that. Bawled my eyes out. It's the fact that his dog waited so long for him, and Fry thought uh, my dog wouldn't have remembered me, and he had the I chance know. to bring him back to life. And then he didn't because he didn't think the dog would know him anymore. And, and the did- dog waited his whole life for oh, him. I know. Oh, man. It's just devastating. That's brought me down on Father's Day. I'm, I'm glad, though. <laughs> did, have you watched the later seasons? They brought him back and yeah. the dog got... I think it might have been the movie versions that they brought back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was all... What's the dog's name? I can't quite remember. But at least the dog... They, they tied that up well. The, the, yep. the dog... They couldn't just leave it like that because too many Futurama fans... Futurama fans were outraged when he did that. Yeah, although they should... Because it is perfect. It, oh, look, it's upsetting and it makes you cry, but sometimes you need to. Yeah. It's just every now and then you need to have a sad ending in it and it works best. Yes. Should we start a Futurama podcast? Ah, <laughs> uh, Let's not commit to anything more just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I would enjoy doing a Futurama podcast, but if we get time, we may start maybe one. Maybe it's just... Well, we need to do it when we're like 13 or so seasons into this one and Four Finger <laughs> Discount is starting to get maybe a little bit stale and we need to reinvigorate ourselves. So yes. we'll do a Futurama podcast on the site. We'd love to know what you guys thought about the interview and as well. It'll be critically acclaimed, but it won't have as many people that'll listen to it. Yes. That's what'll happen. Yes, it'll get cancelled and we'll have to bring it back a few years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, thanks for listening. Do appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Four Finger Discount. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. Our Simpsons-based top 10 videos go up there as well. 
Yep. Check out all the other stuff right here on Tyrants.tv. Any final words, Mitch? No, guys, just keep an eye out for our usual review episode, which will be up shortly. We've just thrown the order out a little bit. We apologise, but um, it, it just had to fall that way for the timing. And... It'll be up by Wednesday night. Happy Father's Day. See you guys later. Shh.